Okay, uh, we have non-agenda public comment. So if you are here to make any public comment that is not on the agenda, um, please present yourselves. As, is there anyone online? No, ma'am. Okay, well we can skip to number three. Uh, the first thing we're gonna do is have our complaint hearing. And at first I'd like to explain to you that the Open Government Commission is responsible for making sure that the Sunshine Ordinance is being followed. And the only time we respond is to complaints. Uh, this commission does not monitor everything that happens in the city. And so basically, when we have a complaint, then the commission convenes to see if there's any validity to the complaint and will um, make one of five decision options. Complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation, complaint sustained without cure and correct recommendation, complaint denied, complaint denied as unfounded, and complaint dismissed on jurisdictional or procedural grounds. So once again, we are not uh, adjudicating on the issue that was in controversy. We are only adjudicating on whether or not the Sunshine Ordinance was followed or not. So the way this hearing is set up is that the complainants have an opening statement and presentation of facts, and you have 10 minutes. Now, if you anticipate your presentation to be over 10 minutes, then we will need the commission to vote on whether or not to extend that time. The, res um, the respondents have 10 minutes to respond, and the complainants have five minutes to respond to the, resp to the, <laughs> to the respondent. And then we have a food fight. No, and then the <laughs> commissioners question the parties and witnesses if needed. And then the complainants have a closing statement of two minutes and the respondents have a closing statement of two minutes. Uh, after the questions from the commissioners, um, we will see if there are any speakers to this complaint. And then following the speakers, the, uh, the commissioners will um, discuss the case. So, uh, to begin with then, we will have the complainant's opening statement. Good Welcome. evening, distinguished <laughs> members of the Open Government Commission. My name is Chris Lloyd, and I'm a resident of Alameda. I'm here tonight on behalf of several of my neighbors in the Bay 37 neighborhood, hoping that you can resolve what we see as a clear violation of the city's Sunshine Ordinance. To start, I wanna take you back to the evening of May 2nd. That evening, many of my neighbors and I came out to provide public comments regarding an amendment to the Alameda Landing Master Plan. As you saw from the video clips we submitted, the meeting was completely chaotic. It was in that chaos that the council falsely claimed the master plan amendment had been approved. In fact, the motion to approve the second reading of the amendment failed by a vote of two yes votes, two no votes, and one abstention. Once that motion failed, the council could only further consider the matter if a council member made a motion to reconsider, followed by a vote on a basic motion 
to approve the amendment. The council's act of contending a motion passed when all evidence points to the contrary is a violation of both the spirit and goal of the Sunshine Ordinance, as well as provision 2-91.5 of the ordinance, agenda requirements, regular meetings. In response to our complaint, the city has said our alleged violation is solely about its failure to follow Rosenberg's rules, which is outside the jurisdiction of this commission. Let me be clear. The fact that the city does not follow Rosenberg's rules is not our alleged Sunshine Ordinance violation. Our complaint is that since a vote to amend the Alameda Landing Master Plan did not occur at the May 2nd City Council meeting, such a vote could have only taken place at a location in time without a posted agenda where the public was not able to see it happen. To determine if a Sunshine Ordinance violation occurred, we believe this commission must first resolve our factual disagreement with the city and say whether or not the city council actually passed the master plan amendment on May 2nd. Naturally, you may be asking yourselves, if the city says the amendment passed, but the community says it didn't, what do we do? Fortunately, at last December's OGC hearing, Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie provided guidance on how the OGC should weigh factual evidence when it's contradictory. She said, quote, so in a case like this, where you're hearing one person say A and another person say B, you don't have a great deal of guidance from the Sunshine Ordinance about what you do other than use your common sense, unquote. She then went on to tell the commission that they could use standard jury instructions if they wanted. Reading from a set of jury instructions, she said, quote, so in this case, in deciding whether or not to believe a witness's testimony, you may consider among other factors the following. How well did the witness describe what happened, unquote. My neighbors and I have spent a great deal of time on Rosenberg's rules and sharing video clips from the May 2nd council meeting in our complaint because we believe it will first help you assess which party is best describing what happened on May 2nd. After that, you can make a determination if a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance occurred. So, what really happened on May 2nd? Instead of telling you or sharing a contrived slide presentation, I wanna take a few moments to show both you and the public video clips from that evening. And if the clerk would please play video clip number one. I've paused, I've paused the time, the time until the cable studio, studio staff gets the clip going, so it won't count into your time. Yeah. All right, we've had a motion um, by, the, uh, by Council Member Bella, it's been seconded by me. All in favor, um, um, signified by, by stating aye. 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 Opposed? Opposed? No. No. Abstain? Abstain. Um, um, so, so um, um, city attorney. attorney? Uh, uh, members of the council, a two-two-one is not enough for an affirmative vote. So the second second fails. fails. These are single family homes for large families. So the consideration in this way is the opportunity for two large families to be able to purchase a four-bedroom detached single family home in a beautiful development like Bay 37. And that consideration will necessarily reduce the size of the open space and the green space. It's a hard decision, but I'm going to move the resolution forward. 
Um, um, okay, okay, but, but the way, the way we, we do, do so we can, we can, we can, we can, I can, we can call for reconsideration the last, the last motion. motion. Yes, the motion to reconsider what you've taken on action tonight is what you're discussing, right? That's the draft of the motion to reconsider. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Okay, council member Jensen has made the motion to reconsider. As you, As you can see, the video, the video is, clear. is clear. The motion, the motion to, to approve the master plan amendment failed with a vote of two to one. Later, Council Member Jensen made a motion to reconsider, which the council voted to approve, but then never took a second vote on actually amending the master plan. In its defense, the city makes two primary arguments. First, they say that a motion to reconsider was not necessary since the previous motion did not have a majority on either side. This is not true. As stated in our response to the city statement, we reviewed every vote, every vote taken by the Alameda City Council dating back to January 2005, in which a motion did not have a prevailing side. In all of these situations, the motions were deemed to have failed by the clerk, and when the votes on the motions did not result in a clear prevailing side, the City Council required a motion to reconsider to vote on them again. The city's second defense is essentially, don't believe your lying eyes. They say in the clip we just played, Ms. Jensen didn't actually make a motion to reconsider, but rather a basic motion to approve the amendment. That interpretation of the evidence not only goes against common sense, it goes against the council's own rules. As Rosenberg's rule states, quote, a tenant of parliamentary procedure is finality. After vigorous discussion, debate, and a vote, there must be some closure to the issue. And so, after a vote is taken, the matter is deemed closed, subject only to reopening if a proper motion to consider is made and passed. Even if this commission accepts the city's argument that Councilmember Jensen made a basic motion to approve the amendment, that view only supports our position. Either Councilmember Jensen made a motion to reconsider, and it was never followed by a basic motion to approve the amendment, or Ms. Jensen simply made a basic motion which wouldn't have been valid based on two decades of precedent. Either way, it is clear that the city council did not vote to approve the second reading of the Alameda Landing Master Plan on May 2nd. So those are the facts. Now, let's talk about the Sunshine Ordinance violation. As you all know, the goal of the Sunshine Ordinance is to ensure the citizens of Alameda have timely access to information and opportunities to address the various legislative bodies prior to decisions being made. As 2-91.5 of the ordinance states, this is done when the council publishes an agenda containing a meaningful description of each item of business to be transacted or discussed at the meeting. And the agenda shall specify the time and location of the regular meeting and shall be posted in a location that is freely accessible to members of the public. While we accept that the second reading of the amendment was on the May 2nd city council agenda, as you just saw from the video clip, the second reading did not pass that evening. Since the council fails to show when or where they voted to approve the second reading of the amendment, we're left to assume that the action occurred, if at all, at a meeting that was not public and for which no agenda was published. Beyond the letter of the law, the city's actions violate the spirit of it. If the council had made another motion to reconsider the amendment after the May 2nd meeting, it would have been required to give both notice to the community and present us with another opportunity to provide public comment. These opportunities were denied to the public. So what do we think the OGC should do? 
We think this commission should vote to sustain our complaint with a cure recommendation asking the council to reconsider the matter at a future meeting. If the council believes it approved the amendment, they should have all the necessary support to bring such a reconsideration to a vote. Instead of taking this common sense approach, in its position statement, the city is making the extraordinary claim that the city council has the authority to say motions passed when they clearly did not and average citizens can't do anything about it. We believe to side with the city council would send a chilling message to everyday residents of Alameda who believe in democracy and the rule of law. We implore the commission to advise the city council to bring this matter back for a proper vote and final resolution to the matter. Thank you. Thank you. So are we ready for the response? Yes, let me get that up. By the way, the response, the respondent, his name is, uh, <laughs> is Selena Chen, and in no way are we related, but we haven't taken a DNA test to check. <laughs> Good evening, Chair Chen, Commissioners. My name is Selena Chen, Chief Planning Counsel with the City of Alameda City Attorney's Office, and I'll be speaking on behalf of the city this evening. Um, brief overview of the Sunshine Ordinance. Alameda is one of several California cities that has adopted a Sunshine Ordinance. The Sunshine Ordinance was adopted to provide the public with greater opportunities to access public meetings and information and shows the city's continued commitment to open and democratic procedures and good government. The Brown Act and the Sunshine Ordinance require the city council to conduct its business in open and public meetings. And as you know, the Open Government Commission's role is to advise the city council on administration of the Sunshine Ordinance. So what does the Sunshine Ordinance require? Um, Section 2-91.5 of the AMC requires the posting of an agenda containing a meaningful description of each item to be discussed, a brief, concise description written in plain, easily understood English, and it also states that no action or discussion shall be undertaken on any item not appearing on the posted agenda. The subject of the Sunshine Ordinance complaint is the City Council's final passage of an ordinance amending the Alameda Landing Waterfront Master Plan. This was item 5I on the May 2nd City Council agenda. And as you see on your screen, item 5I reads, final passage of ordinance amending the Alameda Landing Waterfront Master Plan PLN 22-0401 to replace the requirement for a 5,000 square foot commercial retail lot with other land uses at the northern terminus of Fifth Street at Alameda Landing. The agenda clearly described that the City Council would consider final passage of an ordinance amending the master plan. The agenda provided a meaningful description that alerted individuals whose interests were affected to attend the meeting or seek further information. The complainants and other individuals did attend the meeting and provided public testimony. And the agenda title granted the City Council wide discretion to take action to adopt the ordinance. The City Council deliberated, exercised that discretion during the public meeting, and approved the ordinance. 
The City Council's adoption of the ordinance complied in all respects with the Sunshine Ordinance. The core argument in the complaint is that Councilmember Jensen made a motion to reconsider. She did not. Councilmember Jensen made a motion to approve final passage of the ordinance. This is squarely supported by evidence in the record. At the meeting, as reflected in the video, Councilmember Jensen made a motion to approve final passage of the ordinance. Councilmember Bella seconded, and the motion was approved by a 3-2 vote. In her declaration, Councilmember Jensen, the maker of the motion, stated under penalty of perjury that she made a motion to approve final passage of the ordinance. She also stated that she did not intend to, nor did she make a motion to reconsider. And finally, even if we didn't have the video or the declaration, the meeting minutes, which serve as the official record of the meeting and which were unanimously approved by a 5-0 vote with no discussion, reflect Councilmember Jensen's basic motion and the City Council's final passage of the ordinance. The complainants have not addressed that the meeting minutes approve this as well. The complaint refers to evidence um, that Jensen intended to make a motion to reconsider. Um, just because the mayor described the motion as a motion to reconsider, that shows the intent of what the motion maker was intending. But the Open Government Commission does not need to look at intent where there is clear evidence in the record. Other arguments raised in the complaint are largely irrelevant and not within the commission's jurisdiction. But I'll, I won't speak to each point raised, but I will address a couple of examples. Um, the complaint states that Councilmember Bella's earlier motion failed by a two to one vote. That is correct. We had two ayes, two noes, one abstention. Um, that's because three votes were required for final passage as required by the charter and we had a 2-2 vote, which is essentially a tied vote, um, and fails, as the reason being the affirmative vote is required to pass any action. Um, the complaint then goes on to state that a failed motion requires a motion to reconsider. And that's where, that's incorrect. If a motion fails earlier in a meeting, as it did on this item, a new motion for the same action can be made. A motion to reconsider is not required. As you may guess, it would be incredibly difficult to conduct business if this were true. There are numerous examples in council record where a motion fails, the city council continues the discussion, a new motion is made, and a new vote is taken, a motion for reconsider is never introduced. Um, the subsequent motion gets made and passed. And I have some examples if the commissioners are interested, I could speak to that, but I'll move on for now. Um, for this case, Councilmember Jensen indicated on the record that she needed additional information. She sought clarification, she had questions for staff, she asked questions following her abstention. Once she had sufficient information, she deliberately and intentionally laid out her reasoning for changing her vote from 
an abstention to making a basic motion for final approval of the ordinance. The complaint refers to a chaotic scene, complete confusion, and complete chaos at the meeting. The deliberations on May 2nd are an excellent example of the transparency that the Sunshine Ordinance seeks to promote. This is how business is conducted in an open and public meeting. Like all boards and commissions, the City Council is receiving evidence, formulating findings, and making decisions in the moment, all at a public meeting. City staff is responding to questions extemporaneously, and yes, on occasion does make errors, but none of the errors pointed out in the complaint are relevant. It's natural for questions and concerns to be raised by council members during the course of council deliberations, especially on projects like this where we have difficult policy decisions. But none of this changes the council's action to adopt the ordinance. Context is important. The complaint focuses on a small moment in time and incorrectly ties the basic motion to the discussion about the motion to reconsider. It does not consider anything before or after Councilmember Jensen's motion. The city acknowledges, and it's clear in the record, that there were substantive and procedural questions related to motions for reconsideration before and after Councilmember Jensen made her motion. But the discussion, all discussion about motions to reconsider concluded as soon as the city clerk clarified that a motion to reconsider may only be made where there is a majority vote on either side. In this case, we had a 2-2-1 vote. There was no majority vote on either side. Um, finally, the complaint refers to 20 years of precedent being violated. Um, the City Council adopted Rosenberg's Rules of Order based on the OGC's recommendation in May of 2018. These rules serve as the council's procedural rules. They help facilitate public meetings. Um, implementation of Rosenberg's rules are not within the OGC's jurisdiction. Complainants agree. And as the OGC determined in your Grand Street decision, any allegation that the city council violated its procedural rules, even if true, does not constitute a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. In the last five years since the council adopted Rosenberg's rules, there have been three motions to reconsider. One of them is cited in the complaint. Um, it was not done correctly. The other two I have dates for, and for each there was a majority vote before the motion for reconsideration was made. Um, in conclusion, the commission's decision should be guided by evidence in the record which clearly demonstrates that City Council properly approved final passage of the ordinance. This was done in compliance with the Sunshine Ordinance and procedural rules. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, the complainants have five minutes to respond to the respondents' responses. Thank you very much. I want to address a few of Ms. Chen's points. Um, and first, I'll just start with this idea that the May 2nd City Council uh, meeting was an ex excellent example, as she said, of how business is done. 
and it wasn't chaotic and that we're referring to a moment in time. And I'd love to play video clip number two, which just highlights some of the chaos that actually took place over the course of that meeting. We also, we also um, follow, um, follow the law, the law and, and I cannot, cannot start, start without a quorum. Without a quorum. She's, She's in the hall. The city the attorney, attorney wasn't able, able to um, persuade her to come in. And so hopefully, as soon as our other colleague, Tracy, Tracy Jones, Jones, I'm not sure where, where she is, as soon as she, um, she arrives, we'll have three and we will start. But I just wanted you to know that's what's going on. So now we're a little bit late. And I apologize because we're doing the people's business and I don't like to keep the people out. Later, later than, than we, should. we should. So, so I'm sorry, we're going to start get started. Start we're going to get started now. Now, I'm calling. No, I'm calling this meeting to order, and I've already apologized. At the risk of being, I'll tell you how. I tell you how the council. Please stop. Sorry, sorry, Madam Clerk. Thank you. Yes, I decided now. Okay, now okay, we have um, um, the second. You need to vote. You're calling. I thought you did. No, 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 no. You need to call. You said you need to vote. Yeah. I thought we all said I. No, we all said I. You never ever said said. Oh, I didn't say who says no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed the I thing. Okay. Let's do it again. So I've been an observer of the Alameda City Council over the last couple of years of being a resident of the city, and this was not business as normal. This was chaos. I'd never seen the mayor confused as to whether a vote was actually taken. The bickering between council members, the clerk dashing across the middle of the chamber. I just want to dispute the notion that this was clear cut. Everyone knew what they were voting on. The second point that Ms. Chen raises is that a 2-2-1 motion does not require a motion to reconsider. Again, that's not true. She has not presented any evidence either this evening to support that claim, nor in the two months that we've been talking to both uh, Ms. Chen and the uh, city clerk. We've asked for examples. She hasn't provided any. We'd love to see those examples of when a failed motion doesn't require a motion to reconsider. I think people with a passing knowledge of parliamentary procedure know about the rule of finality. Otherwise, a meeting could go on and on and on and never come to an end if someone can keep raising a motion over and over again. So I do not believe that that is true. Um, and regarding Rosenberg's rules, yes, the council did recently adopt Rosenberg's rules, but as this commission knows, Rosenberg's rules is a simplified version of Robertson's rules of order, and there is no difference between the requirement of needing a motion to re reconsider after a failed motion between Robertson's rules or Rosenberg's rules. So that argument, I believe, is a red herring. Finally, I want to talk about this procedural argument that the city keeps making. They keep saying, this commission, you guys cannot rule in our favor because this is all procedural. And I just want to again clarify that the Rosenberg's rules, the video evidence we've been presenting, that is the fact to support our Sunshine Ordinance violation. That is not the alleged Sunshine Ordinance violation. And so I kind of brought up an analogy to, to give you a little bit more of an example of that. So let's assume a person is accused of burglarizing a home and as a defense, that person says he was out of town when that burglary happened. 
However, the prosecution has, a, has video evidence showing that the suspect was indeed in town during the time of the burglary. In this analogy, the video evidence is not the crime, but rather the evidence disproving the suspect's alibi. Similarly, the video evidence in references to Robert's rules we have presented here is not the sunshine violation, but it's rather the evidence disproving the city's alibi that they voted to approve the amendment on May 2nd. If you accept this idea that you can never actually look at what happens at a meeting, then any time any citizen comes before this commission and alleges a sunshine ordinance violation took place, the city can basically say, oh, we never voted on that during that meeting. And by the way, you guys aren't even allowed to look at to see if we're telling the truth, if that was actually voted on, because that's outside of your jurisdiction. So I strongly urge this commission not to accept the city's argument that you cannot actually look at whether or not a vote on May 2nd to approve the amendment actually took place because doing so would actually take away your power to rule on a, a large number of matters that come before this commission in the future. Thank you. Thank you. So um, let's see, we have the commissioner, oh, our questions. <laughs> Commissioners, do you have any questions? Should I just start at the end of the row? <laughs> Commissioner Sullivan? And I ask my questions to either party? Yes. Or, okay, so the, yeah, I have a couple of questions. The, um, after reading what the, on, on the city's website with regards to Rosenberg's rules, it talks about um, specifically with the votes in absentia that depending on either what the, what the city provides or whether or not it's in Rosenberg's rule specifically, there are either those present rule or a present and voting rule. And this goes to the city attorney. Um, do you know if Alameda County is a those present rule or a present and voting rule when it comes to rule and when it comes to voting in abstentia? I've got to look at that. Um, which part of the Rosenberg's rules is that? I'm sorry. Uh, in, the, in the last couple pages of the document provided on the website that discusses them specifically when it discusses. Commissioner Sullivan, I think I may understand your question, but let me know if I'm incorrect. Um, so folks that are present but abstain are counted for quorum purposes, right. but their vote does not count. Uh, an, abstention, an abstention vote does not count. So a 2-2-1 two, two, vote is basically a 2-2 two, two vote. It's a tie vote. So it's a president voting system then, possibly. I'm not ex exactly sure with the terminology, but. Okay, well then according to Rosenberg's rules that if it is that way, that anybody who votes in abstention is not allowed to make a motion for reconsideration. They're actually a non-vote. So they're not allowed to make any motion at all. Is that correct? I, I might try to chime in there too. So if a motion fails because of a council member abstained, that council member can still make a subsequent motion on the matter for you know, a different or the same motion. Basically, there's nothing that says that because you abstain once, you can't vote or participate or make motions later in this on the same topic. Well, just what Rosenberg's rule said though is that if it's a present and voting type system, 
if that's what this city has, then that person who votes in abstention cannot make another motion on that because I, they're out. It's a non-vote. They're no party. We've never followed that piece of it in okay. the city of Alameda once ever in my entire 25 okay. years here. And we also have a charter requirement that requires three affirmative votes of council to take any action. And we've always followed that as like our main guide of everything requires three votes. So ab abstention or, you know, um, a no vote, we've always treated those as the same. Okay. My I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? Both. No, yeah. Totally clear. So the second question is if reading those rules that are posted on the website, um, it says that if a motion fails and a tie vote is considered a failed vote, a motion to reconsider is the only way to bring that back up. And I don't see anywhere where... So what page of Rosenberg's rules are you on? Because it's on the last paragraph when it talks about vote, vote counting and then failed votes. Where, I'm sorry, I'm missing the part about where they have to do the... Um, you don't have it in front of me. I'm trying to read it quickly, sorry. The motion to reconsider it, it is... So the part about counting votes, you're saying there's a motion to reconsider part as part of the counting votes, that's what you read? No, in the mo it says that if a vote fails and a tied vote is considered a failed vote, that says that in the counting, that a motion to reconsider is the only way to bring that motion back. It's the only way to bring that, that article, whatever, I'm thinking the ordinance or whatever they were voting on. Pardon me for my bad choice of words. This is kind of new. Okay, I will tell you that I, I'm, I'm trying to follow this exactly as you're saying it now, but I will tell you in the entire time I've been here, failed motions that were 2-2-1 or 3-2 on the other side, we did never do a motion to reconsider. We constantly just, another person makes a subsequent motion and then it's approved. Okay. That's the way it's always been conducted at every city council meeting. Um, the, the only times that a motion to re, there, since, Rosenberg's rules was adopted in 2018. The only three times when council has done a motion to reconsider, and there's been many, many times in that time that they have not, they've done failed motions and secondary motions without a motion to reconsider. It, um, basically, somebody on the prevailing side, where it was a 3-2 vote, wanted to change their mind. The one instance that they cite, that was cited by the claimant side was a 
um, the, it was a very confu another confusing thing, and it was actually done wrong because there was no vote. There was only two people who voted, not even five members who voted, and they called for a motion to reconsider. So that was an instance of it being done wrong um, in that uh, meeting. And then the other two meetings, which um, the Chief Planning Council has those two dates, it was a 3-2 vote, and somebody on the three side converted to the other side, wanted to switch their viewpoint that had, had affirmatively passed a motion and they wanted to switch to the other side. That's the way we've always done it. Okay, thank okay. you. I, yeah. I see waving <clears throat> to my right. Commissioner Real? Yeah, just, just a quick question of how we should think about the Madam Clerk's role here. Like it, it feels a little bit like you're a witness for the city, but so I, I just, you know, like you're sort of responding to the question, the question's supposed to be to the city attorney. Like how should we? I just have 25 years of experience, but, totally I, but fair. I will, no, if you guys I, I just, do not want me to jump in and answer, I'm happy to not do it. That, that's not in it at all. I'm, okay. I'm just, just procedurally, I'm just trying to understand how, how we should be conducting ourselves. Like, like Commissioner Sullivan said, like this is new to me as well. And so if, if we're entitled to just sort of ask you questions and not ask the city questions, that's fine, but uh, you know, maybe Commissioner Telos and yeah, on this commission, as far as other commissions I've been on, I've used Madame or <laughs> Lara as a resource, and I found to my experiences that she's always given good feedback. So I don't really I see her move more of a neutral party, but I would never ask her question like opinionated questions, all the questions that I've had for her, like when I was on um, the rec board, was can you clarify something? And I think this is where Commissioner Sullivan just asked for clarification, and she's going to the right source and trying to find it, but you know, usually she has it right on top of her head. Right. I think this time is one where yeah. it's probably new to her, or you know, she doesn't know every single point, but that's how I've used her as a resource in the past. Right, so the commissions. Can I just ask this question then to, to the city? What is the source that we would point to, to to cite to say that a motion for reconsideration was not required? Like, can you just point to me where I, when we're writing the decision, will say page six, paragraph eight, whatever it is, where a motion for reconsideration is not required? I'm so sorry. I tried to answer that under Commissioner Sullivan's question, and I know you're asking uh, Chief Planning Council, but it's the charter that requires three votes for any action of the council. So that's why a two-two-one isn't an action of the council. Right, but the slide—I'm just okay. The, the city slide deck had a bullet that said a motion for reconsideration was not required, right? And that—that that was an incorrect assertion. So I'm just—what is—and I've—and I've seen the assertion made uh, multiple times in briefing but I haven't seen the support. So the way I look at it, Rosenberg's rules specifies who can make a motion to reconsider. The only person who can make a motion to reconsider is someone who's in, who voted in the majority. So there has to be a majority vote. Three, two, two, three. In this case, it was two, two. There was no majority vote. Under Rosenberg's rules, there is no way that council member Jensen could have made a motion to reconsider. Had she tried to do that, it would have been ruled out of order. 
because she wasn't authorized to do that. She wasn't part of a, any majority vote. So it's an it's sort a of little like bit logic of a, by inference. Yes. Got it. Okay. Can I can I follow up then? Let's just presume that a motion for reconsideration was required. Would it? Are the complaints correct in their assertion that it would require that it would need to be agendized? No. Um, a motion to reconsider, and this has been done a number of times later in the same meeting. So the other thing that motions to reconsider, th there's two special rules, who can make the motion and the timing of the motion. The timing has to be made at the same meeting as the original vote that's being reconsidered. And if you look at minutes um, from past meetings, it'll be maybe like, you know, later in the agenda, someone who voted in the majority will say, I'd like to make a motion to reconsider um, pathway C. And it's, you know, a, a council member who voted in the majority and, and they bring it up again, they'll get a second, they vote on the motion for reconsideration, and then the council will take another vote at the same meeting. It is not a newly noticed meeting. It's something entirely within, that's contemplated under the agenda. Um, so it, it can take place. and and does take place at the same meeting as the original vote. Yeah, can I just follow up on that? I know we're supposed to be asking them questions, but this to clarify, and from the reading too, so thanks for bringing up the motion or the guideline that a person who can make um, the motion to reconsider has to be part of the majority. So I think we're all on the same page here that Two, two. There is no majority, so there could be no motion to reconsider. And so if it, there's a 2-2 two, two vote, that means it failed. So then that's how I see the vote. But now um, it was brought up that all during meetings, there's always these times when they take another vote on it. So, But then that sort of goes against Rose, Rosenberg's thing about finality. So here's where I'm getting confused. So these council meetings go on because when I was on the rec board, we voted, that was it. We didn't come back to it. We didn't want to keep, you know, all our viewers and, you know, all the people in the audience there the whole night. We vote on it, either pass it or it doesn't pass. We don't come back and say, hey, let's reconsider this because all the evidence, there's no new evidence. So can you clarify on that? So they had the council had not closed the matter. They they had continued the discussion of the matter. The, mo the 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 council does this where a motion fails, they continue discussing the matter. It, you have even done it as the open government commission. You have broken things into sections, taken votes on sections, and you know continue the discussion after the first vote. So there can be many votes under you know the same agenda item. Nothing requires one vote on one the one agenda item, and that's it. It's done, or else you have to have motions to reconsider or anything else. And I would just I hope that explains that. And I would just like to circle back to the vote counting one more time. The charter trumps Rosenberg's rules. So three votes of council are required for anything to be considered an action. So therefore, the vote counting of 2-2 two, two and abstain, it's not the same for ours because we have a charter requirement that is higher than the Rosenberg's rules that requires three votes. So I just so, wanted to, so by I'm not, I don't think I'm expressing it clearly and I apologize okay, okay, so, for that, but yeah, let me I just ask, wanted to. So before that explanation, if there's a vote that says we need a yes on, and you get a 2-2 vote, for me, that equals no. But you're saying the charter 
is saying that 2-2 vote, because you don't have the, the third, is a no vote? Is that a way to say, so I, explain what you're saying? I guess the 2-2 vote is, is, is not an action, right? And so anything that's not an action, the council could continue discussion, could decide to stop discussing, but the council could continue on and take an action still, right? It's well. I'm, I'm asking you. Yeah, that, I mean that's. Uh, you that's, know, I, I read. I read through this and I'm confused. Yeah. I think clearly we're confused. So I'm just. I'm right. Asking that, for guidance. Does that? I guess does that answer so the question? So when you say sense? right to me, I. I, I no, don't know. I, I'm I asking mean, for clarification. Th that's what it is. Is that answer your question? Is what I should have said. Okay, I got. I got the feedback needed. Okay. Thank okay. you. Uh, Vice Chair Miley. Thank you, Chair Chen. Um, if I can take a stab, picking up where Commissioner Tilos left off. Yes, please. <laughs> um, I, I, um, uh, Chief uh, Counsel, um, I, I believe you had mentioned you, you might have some specific examples of when this continuum, continuum of discussion has taken place, and you know, maybe the council didn't um, take an affirmative vote, but continued the discussion. Do, are there any specific examples you can provide us tonight of that occurring? Sure. Um, one recent example uh, at Council's um, a meeting in November when the Council needed to approve findings to allow city meetings to occur by teleconference during the pandemic. Um, Council Member Herrera Spencer moved approval of adopting findings and directing the city clerk to facilitate in-person meetings under a hybrid model. It was seconded. The motion failed by a vote of two ayes, three noes. After that, Council member Knox White made a motion to approve the adopted findings to continue moving this item along. If, if the motion fails, the same motion can be made. And another example, kind of an extreme example, but years ago when Marie Gilmore was up for mayor, the council- oh, Up for a council member. Oh, that's a council, council member, member, excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, there were repeated motions to have her be on the council repeated failed motions. It was, um, I think, over the course of two meetings that these failed motions continued. Discussion, a new motion, fail. Discussion, a new motion, fail again. Discussion, and finally, at, at the second meeting where this item was continued to, they ob obtained a, a vote where um, it was a, a motion that was approved. So this does occur um, without a motion to reconsider. Failed motions can have new motions after a discussion. Thank you for that. So can I ask then, um, again to the city, is a motion for reconsideration ever needed? It is and it is used. Um, so when there is a majority vote, Say there's a oh I have I have some examples. So but just using your 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 two three example that you mm -hmm. just cited, that in which an, a motion for reconsideration was not made. I mean, why would we? Why would a motion for reconsideration ever be made? A motion for reconsideration is made if a council member a voting member changes their mind. So if I voted yes and I were in the majority and the motion passes. So I voted to, for final passage of the ordinance. Later in the meeting, I changed my mind. Oh my gosh, I made a mistake. I forgot you know, something and I've, I decided I don't wanna vote 
yes anymore. I voted in the majority, so I can say to, you know, say I'm a council member. I could say to the mayor, I'd like to make a motion for reconsideration if it's taking place at the same meeting. I voted in the majority, so that's allowed. If there is a second, a vote would be taken for the motion to reconsider, and then another vote would be taken to on the final passage of the ordinance. But why wouldn't that member just make a basic motion? Like I voted, like three of us voted yes, two vote, I've now changed my mind. I wanna vote no, right? I'm just gonna make another basic motion is what I'm hearing you say, and then we could just, I could say no, and they could say no with me, and then two of them would say yes, and then it, like why go through the, the, the procedure at all? I think this is to Mr. Lloyd's point, there has to be some sense of finality. That vote, the 3-2 vote, is a final vote. It's approving the action. So that's done, unless there is a motion to reconsider, which could open it up again. Does that make but sense? It, yes, but the city attorney at the meeting on May 5th called the 2-2-1 vote a final vote. He called it a failed vote. It was a failed motion, actually. Got it. And so where would I find the distinguishment between final and failed? I don't know because that final is a term of art. I'm using that well, term. Well, I guess but. this is what we're sort of getting to here, like these, these small technicalities where, where it's sort of like, hey, when it's failed, you do, and when it's fine or final, you do, but when it's failed, you don't. So and, and so I'm just looking for the, like, again, what, what do I look at, right? Like, what do I, when we're writing the decision, I want to cite something that says, like, you do and you don't. And, and frankly, I think that that would be beneficial to the citizens to know you do have to have a motion for reconsideration in this instance and you don't in this. So where would we look? I to either the one, clerk or to the city. And the city clerk can chime in if you have additional information. One place I do look is Rosenberg's rules in the vote counting section. They give a lot of examples. Uh, one example they give is a two to one. That's a failed motion. But Nothing, not final. It's not necessarily final because there is no action. So nothing happened. Two two means keep talking about it. The council or whatever body has not made a decision. Um, if there is a two three vote on a five member body, that is a no vote. If there's a 3-2 vote, it's a yes vote. So it's... Yeah. Uh, one, one other question, Council. So, at, you know, I sort of went through the, the, the video and <clears throat> just bear with me. At, at 2.56.21, right, is when Council Member Jensen makes her motion. And then at 2.58.38, .38, the mayor says, quote, okay, Council Member Jensen has made the motion for to reconsider. At that point, right, what was the motion in front of the council? So the motion, according to, you know, I asked Council Member Jensen, um, what was the intent? What was the motion you made? You know, we observed this in the video. She stated it was a motion to, for final passage of the ordinance. Just because the mayor who, you know, she does preside over the meeting. She does make the final ruling on rules. She does not interpret people's motions and say, this is now a motion to reconsider. Just because she said it was a motion to reconsider doesn't make it that. The ways to change that would have been to 
ask for a friendly amendment to the motion, um, which the motion maker could have accepted or not, or she could have made a motion to amend Jensen's motion. Those are the two ways she could have changed the motion. But the motion in the city's opinion is that it was a basic motion for final passage. So at that point, when the mayor, the sort of who in, in the city council handbook code of conduct, is sort of like the presiding officer of the meeting, when she declared it a motion for recon to reconsider, and, and uh, I observed council member Jensen also was silent at that time. She didn't speak up, she didn't say, actually mayor, you got that wrong. She made a point to, to clarify what, um, what motion was on the table earlier because council member Vela had actually, there was actually another motion pending at that time from council person, um, council member Vela. But so in your opinion at 258.38, when the mayor says, okay, council member Jensen has made the motion to reconsider, in your view at that point, because after that follows deliberation on the motion for reconsideration, at that point it was a motion, a basic motion at that point, I don't think her stating, the mayor stating that it was describing it as a motion to reconsider made it a motion to reconsider. There was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of back and forth. Do we need a motion to reconsider? What is a motion to reconsider? How many votes are necessary? It didn't change the actual motion. And I think at a certain point, after a lot of discussion running around, there, was, there were a lot of questions, no doubt. But that's when the city clerk stated on the record, we don't need a motion to reconsider. There was no majority vote. The, a motion to reconsider is not appropriate when there is no majority vote. It was a failed motion, and so that's where we get to, that's how we get to where we are. If, if I can pick up there sure. with a, a question for the complainant, uh, Mr. Lloyd. Um, uh, just on that point, if, if it was indeed a motion to reconsider that evening that was moved forward, and we just heard from the council that it requires a two-stage process, I guess, that you first take a vote to reconsider, and then you take a vote on whatever is in front of them. Yeah. So uh, we didn't see that occur in the video that evening. So I, I'm just kind of curious if you have any um, you know, if there's um, any um, anything you'd like to add to the record as to, you know, why that might not have occurred, that two-stage process, if it was indeed a motion to reconsider. Yeah, so, you know, with all due respect to Chief Counsel Chen, I think to accept her claims, this commission has to suspend disbelief. I mean, I would respectfully ask this commission to use it's common sense, right? Like when you hear a city council person say, I want to make a motion, and the mayor says, we're making a motion to reconsider, multiple people on the commission, the council say that, that's what they mean. So to say that, well, that's not what they intended, and then months later to go back and ask that city council member, well, what did you really mean? You don't have to ask what they really mean. Like, that's the video. That's what I meant that the city's argument is, don't believe your lying eyes. Like, you can see what she says, and I think the intention is quite clear. And then I, I think to the other point where, where um, uh, Council Chen says that the mayor doesn't actually get to rule on what motion is before the council, that's not true. So in Rosenberg's rules, and I have this in my statement, it says, for all intents and purposes, the chair, meaning the mayor, makes the final ruling on the rules every time the chair states in action. So when the mayor says, you've made a motion to reconsider, 
That is the motion before the floor. Whether or not two weeks, two months later, Mayor uh, Councilmember Jensen says that's not true. I think what happened, if I'm being honest, is it was really late. I think you know they were surprised that we had a lot of people in our neighborhood come out and speak out against the second reading, and they wanted to just get it done. And they really just made a mistake. And sorry, like I, I understand the uh, uh, clerk saying this is the way we did it for 25 years, but like you can't really run the city council based on the way you kind of did it for 25 years. You have to have it based in facts. And you know, Commissioner, if you're looking for something to quote in your ruling. I can give you the exact passages where it says, when a motion is failed, you have to have a motion for reconsideration. That's in the text. And if you want evidence, which the city has failed to provide, I can, I've provided them in all the other times in the past where a motion has failed without a prevailing side. And the clerk, Ms. Weisinger, has said, this, this council needs a motion to reconsider. So I understand it puts her in a difficult position because it makes her look like she's responsible for the failure of what the city council wanted to do. And the context here is that the city is currently being sued for another issue of motion to reconsideration. So can you imagine at your own job, if you got sued for making a mistake, and then a month or two later, another group of neighbors comes and says, hey, you didn't do it right. I absolutely would be doing everything I could do to say, nope, this is no mistake here. I did everything by the book. And I don't think that's true. Madam City Clerk, um, he touched upon a point. I just want to get clarification on this. So, if there's a 2 2 vote, that means no one's on the majority, but then he states that there's been times when motions to reconsider happen after that. So, that is that tr a true statement, or are we, am we misstating something here? And I'm not saying either person's essentially misstating, but I'm a little confused because if to have a reconsideration, you need someone from the majority, the, correct? Correct. And the, okay. And the, he just cited times where there's two two votes, and a reconsideration happened. So that is that just misphrased, or from your experience, has there a two two vote come up and there was a reconsideration? There were three examples since Rosenberg's rules were adopted in 2018. The example they provided, only two council members voted on two different sides. There weren't even five votes. And the council said, we need a, a motion to reconsider. And they made a motion to reconsider and then voted on the motion to reconsider and then voted on the matter. A motion to reconsider wasn't needed in that instance. Because I even one. remember that meeting and I remember going, oh, well, they didn't need a motion to reconsider, but we're just moving on because sometimes that happens in meetings. Um, and what was the harm? You know, no, they, they did, appointed the you know, city attorney in that instance. But the other two times there have been three, two votes and a member has changed the sides. So there, so, since okay, so the there wasn't only any, three times since Rosenberg was Okay, and there was any tie votes for reconsideration. Correct. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna close out these questions from the commissioners. Uh, actually, I, oh. I've got, yeah. All right, Commissioner uh, Mount, you're the last one. <laughs> uh, so for, for Mr. Lloyd, um, so first of all, I want to commend you for putting together, you know, a great packet of materials. I know that was quite time consuming, so I appreciate everyone doing that. Um, one of the points that you made earlier was that had they followed the proper procedure, that the motion for reconsideration would have been required to be placed on an agenda 
and then taken up in a subsequent meeting. Uh, sorry to clarify, I think the motion to reconsider could have happened that night, and I actually think uh, Council Member Jensen was on the right path. So, you know, when uh, uh, Council Member Jensen changed her mind, I think that was one of the requirements the city attorney said, that the council member changes their mind, that's why you need a motion to reconsider. That's why the mayor and Council Member Vea said, oh, so you need a motion to reconsider. They did that because that's normal practice. They didn't just kind of make up that out of thin air. They know that like when there's a failed motion, you need a motion to reconsider. So if they had then taken another vote, case closed, it would have been over. It would have been passed and it's done. And we wouldn't even be here. And I think what, our, what we're saying now is the only way to move this issue forward is if the city council does a motion to reconsider in a future meeting in which they'd have to suspend the rules because if it's done at a future meeting, you need a supermajority to do it and vote on it again. Uh, Chief Counsel Chen says that the city council is unanimous that they passed it, so we don't understand why it's so hard for them to say, hey, there's some confusion at this meeting, something wasn't right, let's just vote on it again to put any doubt to rest that we're following our own rules. She seems to think that that is just a crazy solution, and that's what we're asking this commission to say. I suspect because she knows that it isn't unanimous, and they, she's not sure that she has the votes to actually bring it back again. I think that's what's really going on here. So they could have done it in the meeting, but if they want to do it in the future, they have to have a supermajority to raise it again going forward. Right, so, so you would agree that they could have done the motion for reconsideration at the meeting without putting it on, on an agenda? Absolutely. And so if you just follow that through and, and we just get to the harm, right? So let's just assume that they had followed the proper procedure and they had taken a vote for a motion for reconsideration, which we would assume would follow the 3-2 maybe vote, let's just say. And then if it was a basic motion, according to council member Jensen's declaration, she would have voted in favor of it. So we, you end up in the same place. Well, so this is, I think, where the distinction is. Our alleged violation isn't the fact that they followed Rosenberg's rules. We're just saying that like they didn't pass what they said they passed at the meeting, and then later they're saying they did pass something. So if they didn't pass something, the matter's closed, it's final, it says that in Rosenberg's rules, um, and, and I can quote that if that's useful, but so the, the, the harm wasn't that like there, it's that after the meeting was over, they started claiming that something was passed. And if they really wanted it to pass after the motion failed, they would be required uh, to bring this before the council again, give the neighborhood notice, and give us a chance to speak again. The harm is the fact that they claimed after the meeting was over that it passed, and it didn't, not the fact that they didn't follow their own procedures. And just if I get to the spirit of the ordinance being one of proper notice, uh, the opportunity to participate, that seems to have been fulfilled. Um, it, I, I don't believe that, that you all take issue with the, the item 5i. Right, that, that provided you notice and sufficient notice to come and speak and participate. And so then I guess if we get to the spirit of the ordinance, what, are, what harm has effectuated? Because yeah. it sounds like folks were here and participated. We were absolutely here, we participated, and we won. They lost the vote. And we left and they said, no, you didn't win, actually. You, you didn't win the vote, but we were all here. We won the vote because the city attorney said the motion failed. And we, and by the way, we've been in a lot of these meetings before where we've tried to chime in and the mayor shut us down. 
we could have said, hey, by the way, you guys didn't take a vote, but we are not allowed to participate in these meetings. So we left and it's like, hey, they didn't actually pass the vote. We won. And now they're saying, no, you didn't. And so the harm is that they're saying something happened that didn't happen. And if they want to actually make the case again, bring us all back, give us the time to make the case. So yeah, we're, the, the meeting that we had on May 2nd, we made the case and we won. The harm is they're saying we didn't and they're not actually creating a forum where we could actually come back and do another fair debate. Commissioner Chen, Commissioner I have Selman. a question. Thank sure. you. So are we finished with the questions or can no, I still no, ask go, a couple more? Go ahead, more? You, you have more time. I just on a, different, on a different vein. So after the motion uh, didn't pass, after it failed, the uh, city council engaged in discussions and if everything is as, hypothetically, let's just say everything is as is what the city attorney is saying, that a new vote came up and finally it was passed, um, it seemed, is, when, when you posted the agenda item up here that was posted for everybody, I'm speaking specifically right now to 291.5, okay, about notice and the, have it being properly agendized. So, um, it seems to me that with the discussions that took place between, between council members, that, that discussion of the ordinance um, or the amendment to the ordinance greatly differed from what was actually posted on the agenda. It included new open space, uh, different parameters for the commercial building. It also uh, it talked about height variances, market value versus low income units. It also discussed uh, commercial space with residential space alone, green space, and lastly, and I thought kind of more importantly, at the end, uh, uh, Jennifer Ott, the city manager, called for the use of city funds for this space, which the mayor said, well, how much funds is available? Well, I don't know about, doesn't that require a different and more articulate reason in, in the notice itself, or is this sort of normal for an ordinance to come up? Because to me, it seems like at that point, with all those factors being different from what was actually noticed on the paper, that this couldn't have been a second reading. It had to be a whole new, it seemed like it was a, a different agenda item. Thank you, Commissioner Sullivan. Yeah. Um, so the underlying action was amending the master plan to replace a commercial requirement with five, there were five alternatives that were presented to the council. Okay. Um, the council, at, at the introduction of the ordinance discussed, you know, some of them were open space, some of them involved affordable housing, some involved a mix. There were, there was a rec building, as you point out. Um, so all of these items came within the title, which discussed amending the master plan to replace the commercial uh, requirement. Including the use of city funds for this? Yes. Okay. And that introduction was at a prior meeting. And then this came back as the second reading at the desk. Okay. Thank you. Any more questions? Okay. Then we're up to the uh, complainant's closing statement. This is your last bat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, members of the Open Government Commission, for taking the time to consider our complaint. To recap our discussion, when the city considered whether to approve amending the Alameda Landing Master Plan on May 2nd, it was complete chaos. 
Whatever the council's intentions were, based on nearly 20 years of precedent, they did not vote to approve the amendment that evening. Claiming that a motion passed when it did not is both a violation of the spirit of the Sunshine Ordinance and provision 2-91.5 of the ordinance. As you go into deliberations this evening, we urge you to look at the factual evidence with the quote-unquote common sense test that Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie has previously mentioned to this commission when there is a dispute about the facts. Is it common sense that when Mayor Ashcraft said, quote, so Council Member Jensen has made a motion to reconsider, unquote, she actually meant Jensen made a different kind of motion? Is it common sense that for nearly 20 years, all failed motions, including those without a prevailing side, needed a motion to reconsider to be voted on again, but for some reason that wasn't true on May 2nd? Or is it common sense that after a late night chaotic meeting, the mayor and the clerk simply messed up? And instead of fessing up, they're claiming that the council passed something that it didn't violating the Sunshine Ordinance. I think you all know the answer to that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have trouble saying my name. <laughs> <laughs> so the city has engaged in a robust public process for this master plan amendment. There have been three planning board meetings, three community meetings, two public meetings before the city council. Complainants have been engaged at every step and they have given their input, but they were not satisfied with the city council's underlying decision. They want another bite at the apple. They want a chance to persuade a vote. I personally don't have any interest in, I, I don't have an interest in the council's vote on this item as Mr. Lloyd would say. I um, am simply here to let you know that there was an initial failed motion, 221, Council Member Jensen received additional information, made a bunch of statements about the two competing priorities at play. This is a difficult decision for her. She expressed appreciation for the history of this development. And then she said, it's a hard decision, but I'm going to move the resolution forward. In her mind, the resolution was, you know, we can't give the complainants what they want. They want open space, but we're choosing an alternative that's a combination of open space and affordable housing. Um, a motion to reconsider was not appropriate. It would never have been appropriate in this case. There was a failed motion. There was no majority vote. Um, we ask that you look at the evidence in the record, which demonstrates the title and the council action complied with the Sunshine Ordinance and the parliamentary rules. We ask that the OGC deny the complaint in its entirety and find the complaint to be unfounded. Thank you. Thank you. So now it's back in our ballpark. Pardon me? Oh, you're right. We do have two speakers. Public comment. <laughs> Each commenter has what, three minutes? Yes. Is there any public comment? There are. Um, Kelly Kister. Good evening and thank you. And uh, I'm not going to be as succinct as the fine people who spoke tonight because I didn't put anything together. But after listening to um, the conversation tonight, I wanna start by saying I am 
very grateful for and impressed by your questions and your diligence on this. So thank you. You asked some really, really great questions. Um, as I listened to the answers, I felt like more of the same. There was so much confusion the night of, and you asked a direct question to the city attorney's office, and the city clerk needs to jump in, and there was a lot of, in my opinion, um, kind of, well, this is the way we've always done it while we're sitting here looking at Robert's rules that are posted on the website. So I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about the way the city attorney's office presented how, how votes are dealt with. And basically what it sounded like to me is if it's, if there's a majority vote, it's done. But if it's if it's a tie vote, then we're going to keep going until somebody wins. And you should watch the entire meeting, and you should watch the the entire meeting from the last time we brought this issue to the city council. Because, and I'm going to make a controversial controversial comment here, but in my opinion, our mayor is a condescending bully, and that's important to this process because. I think Mayor Jensen was treated very poorly at the beginning of that meeting, and I think as a new member, she felt pressured to go with the flow. And that is why we think, or at least for me, I'll speak for myself, that's why I think it's important that we pay attention to how this meeting went and give us a chance. If she's got the votes, she's got the votes, like, like Mr. Lloyd said, right? But it was shaky at best, and I, I really am glad that we have this opportunity to speak with all of you. Uh, because this is my city. I love the city. I've lived here 30 years, and I'll tell you that it has been emotional and heartbreaking for me to see how the city council is operating under our mayor. We've got some great council members, um, but it's to say it's political is an understatement, and we live here. We pay taxes, and this group pays more taxes than a lot of people through Mellow Roos, so I think if we want to come back and, and have a clearer vote, a clearer conversation, we should be permitted to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Next, Abby Caldwell. Okay, good evening. Um, thanks to you for your time, your attention, uh, your consideration, and all of your questions. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm not from Alameda. I'm not even from California. <laughs> Um, I was stationed here, and I became a resident of Bay 37. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a whiz at city governance like Chris is or like all of you are. Uh, just a normal person who kind of got caught up in this process. And I was at that meeting, and I was really appalled by the chaotic nature of the meeting and the city council and the mayor. Um, I think tonight even the city attorney has, has admitted that the meeting was confusing. Um, it's astounding to me as a resident that even today as we stand here, the only citation the city seems to offer is the city clerk's experience. Um, we've heard that the city clerk can be a reference or a resource or an impartial person, but I'd like to point out the emotional responses provided by her throughout this meeting, throughout the prior meeting, and in her emails to Chris. Um, I, it doesn't feel particularly impartial, and I hope that you've read those communications. Um, yeah, even removing the concern of bias, there still seems to be a lot of confusion. The city clerk said affirmative votes need 3-2, but then she said uh, that a 2-2 isn't a no. So what is that? Or a motion to reconsider is only available if someone changes their mind, or is final, or is failed. Or what is it exactly? It seems tonight we still have confusion about what exactly the rules are and where they're cited. And if we can't answer that, and if we can't cite to a document, a governing document that would tell us that, then it is not clear and there is not open governance. 
the city needs to consider that. My spouse and I spent our life savings securing a property at Bay 37. When we purchased, we were told the city and the developer didn't know what they were going to build in front of our property. As a community member and someone who's owned a home before, I certainly thought that we would be part of the open discussion about how that was going to play out, but we were not. Uh, my neighbor Chris noted that Pulte and the city were making moves without even telling us. He jumped in and got us moving and got us to action. We attended the planning meetings, we attended the council meetings, and while the planning meetings, we voiced our concerns and were listened to, we were roundly ignored by the city council in the, in the interactions with them. Yet, they continued to ask Pulte what they preferred, physically going over to the Pulte rep and consulting with them, the planning staff did, before they would come up and answer all their questions. Did they come over to us and ask anything? No, not once. It doesn't seem entirely fair. Uh, so, I, I, again, I'm not from California. I just, as city resident, saying if this is open governance, it feels pretty wrong. It feels wholly wrong, in fact. I would ask that you review and reconsider the secretive nature um, with the connection between the city and Pulte and the expense of community members like us who were sold a bill of goods, but now we're getting something else without really being participated in it, without being given a real seat at the table. So, thank you. Thank you. Church Herrera-Spencer. Good evening, everyone. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to share, I was here for the golf meeting and they didn't have a quorum, so I ended up here and I'm actually really glad that I came here. Um, I really do appreciate all of your comments and as I was sitting here listening to you all, a question came up in regards to a motion for reconsideration if it had been made that night during the council meeting. And I wanted, and I know you've all like read everything, but it didn't come up tonight, but I actually asked the question during the meeting after I believe the mayor and then um, uh, council member uh, Vela spoke about the reconsideration. And I asked the question to the city manager, even Shen, who sits there, um, and how many votes would it take to pass a motion for reconsideration? And his answer was four. Um, and so uh, there was discussion tonight about, so you know, would we be in the same place? Well, actually, um, in regards to that night, my answer would be it's very unlikely because I doubt if we would have had four because when the motion, the substantive motion was called, it was a uh, three to two vote. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more speakers online? There are none. Okay. All right. The ball is in our court. So what are some initial thoughts? start up like just initial thoughts and I like how this our second public speaker came up and said I'm not from Alameda you know not you know from here I'm just stationed here and I'm just looking at this as a normal person and being up here as a longtime Alameda resident and that's how I've always approached these things is like I'm just a resident here I'm not a, not a lawyer I'm not a professional in any of these planning things but hey, something didn't go efficiently at this meeting. I think that's a fair statement. And there was a lot of confusion. And being on the Open Government Commission, I know there's some rules that we should go by, but I always look towards the spirit of those rules. And if there's something that's confusing the community, that's something we have to address and sort of put that into 
our interpretation of what we're trying to come up with today as far as resolution on this. And that's how I'm sort of guiding my decision. So, you know, with the feedback I get from the other commissioners here, I'd hope that we could come to a unanimous conclusion, but, you know, it'd be good to have some dialogue of like how we're going to make this decision. And, you know, as a being a commissioner here for multiple years, I really liked how the, the past commission members when we did, so this is the first hearing you guys are having. And it's, I would say, in the last two years, as a commission, we worked as a team. This way, we got everyone's input in, and we sort of got to, most of the time, a unanimous decision. I would say, you know, four years ago, that wasn't always the case, but I'd sort of like to open up that dialogue for us to, like, okay, how are we thinking, and what should be the North Star? Is it the spirit, or are we going black and white on this? And I'd like to get your thoughts on how we should approach this. Okay, since I, I haven't spoken, I'll just take executive privilege. As a veteran or survivor of hundreds of city council and board and commission meetings in my past life, I mean hundreds, I have seen all kinds of things happening. And um, I, I did not see this particular city council meeting as being any different than some of the other meetings I've seen in my 30 years of sitting on that side of the <laughs> dais and being an advocate for something. It's, it's, it's how sausage is being made. And uh, sometimes you wonder, well, how, how do we even have governments? <laughs> you know, Because it seems incredible, especially to people who see it for the first time. So I, I have to respectfully disagree that it was chaos more than usual, because I have seen chaos. So <laughs> it's kind of like, I've seen it all, and now I'm over here, and now I'm trying to decide how do you separate out what is the best way to view a situation. So I mean, that's just my preamble, and then I'll just let the others speak, because um, I have the uh, ignoble reputation of being the first person to ever win an Open Government Commission complaint. And I didn't even know that until after it happened. And I was astonished that all these other people had come before a commission, and they had not prevailed. And the, what I get for that is being appointed to the commission. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just let uh, Commissioner Selwyn speak. Thank you. <laughs> I, I see this as, I think we have two questions. One is a procedural, whether or not there was a motion on the floor. And then the second, I wanted to see what your guys' feeling was, is um, in the city attorney's papers, she said that we must conclude that a secret meeting had occurred. And so just as a, as a question, um, when we are in a public forum, is everything supposed to be on the mic? Is everybody who's at that meeting, everything they say supposed to be on the mic? As a matter of course? When we're doing the people's business, it should be in the open. Okay, because um, at that meeting, I mean, Laura had, had, had a conversation with the city attorney that no one heard, and then she came back with a new, with a new idea about the motion. Um, that was at, 
I just don't know. Like because they said, we must find a secret meeting occurred, and I'm not sure if this is what that is. No, I, I think the, uh, when we do the public's business, so it's the elected and the appointed officials who make the decisions. If staff need to consult with each other. So staff, staff can be on the, okay, so. Because otherwise, we, you know, nothing would happen. Okay. <laughs> then has anybody here seen any evidence of um, a secret meeting? that the city attorney said that we must find? Or how, what, is, what is your interpretation of that directive? Uh, my interpretation is that I don't think that that's what we need to find. Um, you know, I think that that document is meant to be advisory, but not dispositive as to how we need to decide. Okay. Thank you. Well, in your first comment, you said it was procedural. So maybe if you want to go down that route and we attack this question like procedurally and spirit of the law, do you want to do it that way? Because I think maybe if we go around and ask each commissioner, okay, did we see some procedural mishaps happen? I think we could all probably comment on that part and say yes or no. Well, I somewhat wait, feel like wait, my, wait. Uh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, but I am the chair. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you should, everyone should just talk to me only because it gets into uh, too many conversations. But I like your idea to start with asking, do you think there was a procedural problem? Was, uh, no, and more, was, thank you, but you, I, I saw you a, guys talking. So it was I more know. of a, a maybe, it wasn't a definite, so I'm sorry, Commissioner. <laughs> I mean, chair. I was just sort of a, you know, maybe something we could try to get the. Sure. No, okay. no, and you were previously chair, so I, I respect that experience. Commissioner Miao. But it, I mean, before you get to that question, don't you, have, wouldn't you logically ask the question of does the procedure matter? Hmm. Right? Because it doesn't matter if there were infirmities in the procedure if we don't actually need to worry about, like, is a motion for reconsideration required or not? Right. So I think, I think we want to go there first. Of do do we think that that, and then we can probably get to yes or no. And if there's disagreement there, we can. I'm not entirely sure if that's in our wheelbase. Well, I guess that's another assertion that's been made. There's a lot of assertions right, in these right, things but, that, but that we're have supposed to no, see no the, support. If the, <laughs> if the Sunshine Ordinance was violated or not yeah. by the council, that's, that's our marching order. So if the argument is that what was on the agenda did not really happen, then, uh, then there's a violation, right? Or was, was, or was radically different. If, if what happened at the end was what the agenda promised, of course nothing is ever as promised, but <laughs> enough to look at it and say, is that, you know, if I read that agenda and then I saw the conclusion of that item, did that happen? Then what happened in between, in my personal opinion, is sausage making, which can be wild and woolly and go in 50 directions. And, and people misspeak, and people are inarticulate, and people uh, make mistakes, and, and 
it's because we're all human. So, I mean, that's the only question in my mind, like, did the agenda adequately inform the public that something was gonna happen along these lines? People, we could have sold tickets for that council meeting, but we didn't know, no one ever knows, what kind of thing will happen during a discussion. Right, and I think complainant's position is that it did happen and they lost, right? So I think that they agree something happened, but it's that it was a loss. And then the question is, can and what do you need to do to bring that thing back up? I think, right? I think that that's the assertion. Right, right, so the, but the, the argument from the city, as I hear it, is that it wasn't, it wasn't lost. If, if I'm correct in understanding what the Madam City Clerk is saying, is that when there's a tie vote, it means the issue on the table is not resolved. Right, and I guess. As opposed to you lost, they won, ha ha ha. No, I mean, that's a, that's right. a different, that's yeah. a different way of viewing it. Yeah, where but I struggle anyway. with that is that there's not a declaration or anything to point to that other than comments, which I appreciate and respect, but a logical thing to do for the city would have been then to have a signed declaration on behalf of the city clerk saying, one, you only need to do a motion for reconsideration in these instances, right? Or point me to the, point me to the rule. Like, don't make me have an inference. Uh, or two, um, <laughs> well, I guess those are the two. It, get me a signed declaration, right? Or, or point me to something. But I, there's just a lot of sentences without any sort of support is, is sort of what right. I Right, and this, this is what comes up in our, in our annual reports from the commission every year, that we just say, these are all the gray areas that we were asked to adjudicate and we want the council to resolve these issues. Because the only reason why these come up because there's a whole lot of gray area. And, and, and I appreciate all of you putting in all this work and effort and watching all those city council meetings repeatedly to, and then to come and you know, participate in democracy. So I, this commission has a limited parameters and what we always do is say, okay, this is out of our wheelbase, but you know what, city council, you need to address these issues because it's making it very difficult for people to know what the rules of the game are. Madam Chair? Yes. If, if, I, if I can, because I, I think, you know, um, my, my line of thinking is, I, I think somewhere down the path your line of thinking is, you know, I, I just will preface this by, you know, I, I work in government, so like you, I've seen the sausage made week after week after week, and, um, you know, so I really appreciated uh, Commissioner Telios's uh, comments about being, being a resident and seeing something that's confusing, because I, I, I will agree that if you don't watch these things, that was a confusing um, discussion that occurred. Um, but to me, the question really comes down to, what is in the Sunshine Ordinance? And are the council's bylaws, for all intents and purposes, something that we have been tasked with policing? Um, and I, I don't see a reference to the council's bylaws in the Sunshine Ordinance. And so I find it hard 
to go down that path and begin quarterbacking the way individual council members, uh, you know, um, approach their discussions um, during that meeting. And, and you know, I, I, I will just say that, um, I, you know, I, I, I think that the way the city clerk explained um, the motion process, that is how I've seen it done at this council, at other councils, at boards of supervisors, where um, there is a continuum of discussion um, that uh, allows, in the case of Council Member Jensen, to continue to ask questions. And frankly, I, I, to me, I find it somewhat limiting that the council members have a clock in front of them that really shuts down their ability to have discussion. That's my, my personal take. Um, um, but I, I, I find it hard to get into the procedural discussion um, because I, I can't make the findings that that's something we um, provide oversight for. Um, if it were, then I, I think there's ample discussion um, and potentially that's maybe how we address this uh, um, in our annual report because I think there's a lot of gray area and a lot of confusion that um, we should provide council recommendations on um, uh, hopefully clarifying those things and, and trying to make it more clear to the public uh, who don't watch these things week in and week out um, about what is occurring during their discussions and uh, where finality is with regard to you know, a motion, a motion to reconsider. Those are my comments. Commissioner Tebos. Chair Chan, I, um, with the framework you provided, you said we should be asking ourselves if what was said in the agenda was done that night. Then you said after that, okay, did that happen? And you said those were the two questions. So I think I could go down that path, but then I think the gray area is, and this is what maybe how we decide this, is well, when was the conclusion? So here's the agenda statement. They're gonna talk about this. There was a vote on it, failed. Is that the conclusion that we wanna go by? which you know the complainant said is like hey we thought we won or do we say go on the path that hey you know there's some um, reconsideration happening and it keeps going and going and there was a so-called three two vote that happened or is that the end point and i think that's what's gray making it here what's the end point is that the path you were trying to lead us on right like we have to agree we have to decide whether a decision was made or not. I mean, basically, this entire issue was already debated at the first hearing. The first hearing, they voted three to two, and then this was the second hearing. Usually, it's on consent, but because it was a controversial issue, it was pulled for further discussion. And in the further discussion, council member, uh, one of the council members abstained so now you had a 2-2 tie. So we have to decide whether or not the 3-2 vote that came subsequently was actually the second vote on the amendment in our minds. And if so, then we have to deny the complaint. If we believe that that 
second vote wasn't a second vote, <laughs> then we would say, oh yeah, they, they uh, well, okay, I'm just thinking out loud, sorry people, I happen, that happens. <laughs> so if, if the second vote didn't happen, it's also according to the agenda because it, you know, second votes don't necessarily always happen. The agenda says they're gonna make a second vote on the, on the amendment. Okay, I, I see where you're going. I like the path. So I guess the ask is the second vote clearly is a little gray. And do we believe as commissioners is the second vote valid? Is that how we should be thinking about this? And I'll take comments from other yeah, commissioners I, see, as well. I, I don't know if we can rule on that, but I'm gonna ask the other commissioners. Yeah, I'm just trying to, okay, opinion. what framework do we wanna, you know, I want work as a team here. I wanna right. go down the path so we're sort of all in agreement on this and I'll follow multiple paths. Are, are we not voting on procedure then? And isn't that no, not in no, our we're, purview? No, we're not. Huh? Well, we, we, well, we, have, we, we haven't have, said no. We haven't uh, said no, but uh, Commissioner Meow, you know, raised an important point, which was, see, again, sausage making, people, was that, with, you know, we, are we within the parameters of our task as the Open Government Commission? Yeah. And so the procedures of the city council, per se, we can't regulate, as uh, Vice Chair has said. We, we can't tell them, oh, you violated, you know, you didn't follow Robert's rules. You know, we can't, we, we can say it, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it would not necessarily play into our decision. No, we, every single hearing has been like, you feel like Solomon trying to cut this baby in half. Oh, I've watched city council meetings for 30 years. Believe me, I know. Just, just to be clear, I, w I wasn't saying that we needed to vote. It, it was, it sounded like a discussion point of like, that Commissioner Tilo said, like, should we all sort of like, express an opinion on was there a rule violation, I think, just or as a point of, or something, yeah, procedural. Something or, happened that yeah. made things confusing to the public. Right, I, I, w I will point out that the, that the introduction to the Sunshine Ordinance states, quote, it is an affirmation of good government and, and a continued commitment to open and democratic procedures, right, right in the introduction. And, it states again, as procedures of government change and evolve, so must the laws designed to guarantee the process remains visible. I'm not saying that those are specifically saying that we have or don't have purview over a specific set of procedural rules, but this is where again, the assertions of what we can or should or don't consider, I'm not sure if, if that's, well, speaking for myself, I don't put a lot of wait on that. Uh, I sort of read the Sunshine Ordinance for myself. I, I sort of concur, I, I'm big on the spirit of what it's trying to say. And like I said, just as a simple person, if there was something that caused confusion and the regular person is not understanding what's happening, then I would say there's something not right or maybe that's too strong a word, but there's something we should be talking about. And so I think that's why it's brought up here. And then I think that's the gray area where we have to say, hey, well, is this so confusing that it needs to be brought back up? And I think that's what we got to decide on. 
because there was definitely confusion at me. I, I get what you guys are saying. It's like, hey, these meetings get chaotic and all of this stuff, but something happened that made it a little bit, Commissioner Chan, Chair Chen, you said it wasn't over course, but it, I've seen council meeting. I've seen, I think there's some parts of this where, hey, there's something a little weird about this one or something just not, and I think my words here, something inefficient happened. Through the chair, just just to to your point, I I would agree that it was was confusing to follow. Um, where I come down on that, and I I don't want to get into the intent of individual members mm. because I can't read their minds, right? Um, I I come down to the question I asked about if it was a motion to reconsider, then why wasn't there that second stage, right? That leads me to believe that each member up there understood the action they were taking provided that finality on the vote they were taking. On the first one or the second one? The, the motion that council member Jensen made is- second, The is, second is, round is, of yeah, voting. Not, not the, not the two, two, one vote, yes. Understood. And that's supported by the passage of the minutes, right? That, that they all understood what they were doing. Correct. Right. Is your contemplative commissioner Sullivan? Oh. Because the, the, to your point, Commissioner Miao, um, the fact that the minutes were passed five to zero implies that all five council members agreed that the motion carried. Um. If the minutes I, I would say, say that the, that more the clearly that it was a motion, it was a basic motion right. to pass the second reading. Um, I don't think that there's any dispute that a motion was passed, right? Complainants would say that they think that it was a motion for reconsideration. The city would say it was the basic motion. The unanimous adoption of the minutes would, I mean, supports that the council understood what was going on, which was in support of council uh, member Jensen's declaration that it was a basic motion. Here, I mean, just while we're contemplating, I mean, the thing that I'm thinking about is what is the violation of 2-91.5? Like, what is the violation that we would need to find there? That right. they failed to adequately post what was going to happen? No, 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 I understand. I'm yeah. saying, like, that's the sort of question that I'm sort of thinking of. You know, to find for complainants, I search for something in 2-91.5, and I'm not sure it's there. That's, that's what I struggle with um, because I agree that the meeting particularly I feel like advice from the city attorney and advice from the city clerk contributed to an, a level of confusion 
Um, I don't think anyone left there not thinking that four votes were needed for a motion for reconsideration, which is in fact not the case. Um, and, and what I think we heard is maybe a motion for re reconsideration is never required at all, but everyone seemed to think that it was at the time. Um, but all getting back to, I'm not sure as I read the ordinance what the violation is of this of that specific section. Because the agenda item says that a second vote will be taken on this amendment to the plan. So um, a vote was taken, two votes were taken, and that did happen. So how does that violate the Sunshine Ordinance? I, I think I, I just maybe have a procedural question for us as a body, and, and I know we briefly touched on this at our first meeting, um, but forgive me, uh, that was some time ago. So I, I think we're all kind of acknowledging that there was some gray area here. I, I don't know necessarily what the proposed recommendation might be to address some of that grayness. I don't know if that's discussed tonight, I don't know if we want to include that in our annual report, if that's something that, you know, two of us can discuss offline um, as a report's being drafted. I'm just kind of curious if there is something that, you know, um, that we can't make findings on um, with regard to the complaint tonight, but we would like to, like the council to consider addressing in the future for some of their procedures. W what does that process look like? So what we have to do is put on the agenda for our next meeting to discuss setting up a subcommittee to review. You know, at our last meeting, we talked about the need to really get more feedback from the council mm -hmm. on our annual reports. So this subcommittee would review the last two annual reports and then throw this issue in on the hopper. Because basically the Sunshine Ordinance was written, you know, in the prehistoric ages before a lot of things. Yeah, it was, it was a, a car that was built with no particular known blueprint on whether the car worked or not. And so we can't change the Sunshine Ordinance, but we can recommend to the council how they could change it. Mm -hmm. And in the past when we've had these problems, uh, the city, our city attorney um, and the city clerk have worked together with us to uh, resolve some of the problems that they could resolve on their end, and then the rest of the uh, issues went to our city council report. Mm -hmm. The downfall was we never got feedback from the city council on all these things we asked them to do. So I know with, uh, with, with, with our new members, you will not let that, let that go. But, but in, in my mind, this would also go into the written decision. I mean, I think that any written decision that I envision would include any number of dialogue about, you know, sort of what we're talking about here. I don't think it would need to wait or be contemplated by a subcommittee to be, you know, 
made part of whatever decision we decide to make. It sounds like we you know, have to render a formal written decision within 30 days, 30 business days of this hearing. But we have to, we have to make the decision tonight and then- Yeah, the no, I understand we have to render an oral tentative or we can, right? But um, also all of our written decisions are posted on our website. So in the future, or you know, if anyone wants to go in there and read all of our decisions, they can, they can use them when they're running for office or not running for office or, <laughs> you know, all, all these things. I mean, we're, we're all on record. And we, one of the um, corrections that we made along the line was to post all of our decisions and how the council responded to them. Because let's just say as a hypothetically, we, we ruled to, we sustained the complaint with cure and correct recommendations. The, the way the open the, the way the sunshine ordinance is written, the council will consider our recommendation, and they could ignore it if they chose. Chair Chen, if I just may, um, just to remind everyone that in the past, your written de uh, decisions have included some findings of fact. So that just for those people who are new to having those um, signing on on the written decisions, I draft the written decision for your review and ultimate signature, taking into account the findings that you may or may not make. Okay. So are we ready? Commissioner, um, Chair Chen, when you open, you gave us, it's probably written down somewhere, the, the ways we can vote. Yes. Can you say what those are again, please? Okay, there are, we have five choices five menu choices. Column one is complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation. Column two is complaint sustained without just sustained. Uh, complaint denied. Complaint denied as unfounded. And complaint dismissed uh, on jurisdictional or procedural grounds. Uh, the number four, complaint denied as unfounded counts as one of the, uh, if, if someone file, if someone loses, if someone has their complaint denied as unfounded three times, they, they are not allowed to file another complaint for, was it five years? And that's how the ordinance is written. It seems very harsh. But uh, I mean, that's how the ordinance is written. And so that's, if that's something we want to change, we should recommend that to the council as well. And can, can I, it's through the chair, if I can just ask, not being an attorney, what, I appreciate that explanation about the unfounded, unfounded counts as a strike, essentially. Um, but is there any um, legal distinction between the two beyond that kind of counting as a strike against someone? And, and that might be a question for, for the city attorney. Sure, can I, um, can you just clarify, are you asking whether or not a complaint is denied or a complaint is denied as unfounded? Correct. It, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about this in last year's commission um, in one of the meetings and your bylaws um, that were approved um, defined unfounded as a complaint that's rejected with the commission additionally finding the complaint lacks a reasonable or rational basis. And we left that language purpose, or you all left that language purposely um, broad 
so that you could decide on a fact uh, case by case basis. Appreciate that um, explanation since majority of us here are, are new. Um, uh, so you know, I, I, I think I, I'm I'm ready to 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 move forward with a um, I, I guess a motion to um, deny the complainant or find the complainant denied um, uh, based on the findings um, a uh, the council's uh, city council's final passage of the ordinance complied with the sunshine ordinance and uh, B, within the staff report, that Council Member Jensen's motion for final passage of the ordinance was approved by the City Council. Um, that, that's the motion I'd put on the floor. I'm, I'm open to uh, some amendments, if that's what it takes to, to get a second, because um, I know there's been a lot of discussion about you know, um, what we'd um, like to see on the record with any action we did take. Is there a second? I'll second it just to have a discussion. <laughs> Getting whiplash. <laughs> well, hi, I can't. I can't find for for the the fact that. You're, you're reading into the end. I, I, I thought you said you didn't want to rule on the intent and thoughts of what council members were doing, and, and that's exactly what your motion does. It states her intent of what her motion was and what everybody thought it was. And to me, it seems that if there's a procedural issue, that though the unanimous vote by council at the minute states, um, we all knew what we were doing, but yet we are here tonight because the public didn't. That procedural issue has failed to alert the public and to give them some sort of understanding about what happens. I mean, procedures are in place so people know. When you go into court and you have to make a plea for guilty or not guilty, you have to understand what you are doing. And procedures seem to me that they need to be in place so, every, so I mean, complainant wouldn't be here if he understood what was going on. So I can't, I can't rule on whether or not anybody knew what was going on. I understand that they concurred or didn't that unanimously, but I, I, I'm not going to play in what I think that the city council's thinking. I think they approved the minutes. I, I can't assume that, that they've approved everything in and out of them. I, I just can't. Um, but it, if if, if there is somehow a procedural way that keeps the public from understanding what's happening, but yet the city council knows what's happening, well, then there's an obvious problem about something's not happening on the agenda. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm reaching here in the sense that I'm trying to, I'm trying to work this out intellectually. Um, because if, if, I'm, if I'm to go by that, there's a whole other side here that we haven't considered, and we're here for that other side. We're not here to prove what council said what they said they were doing. Um, it's, it kind of goes into that procedural due process as opposed to substantive due process. I mean, I, don't, I think substantively here we could say that there was due process because what people wanted to happen happened. Everybody, they all walked away knowing what was happening as far as as far as the vote with this happening, but it procedurally, 
And the people who are affected, i.e. the community, seem to be greatly affected by the procedure. So, that's, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's yeah, it. That's what I see. Through the chair. Ruben. Yeah, I was, um, I want to say sus sustain, cure and correct, but I'm trying to, as you know, the city attorney said, we got to find grounds for that. And that's why there's a lot of silence coming from me because I'm like, how do we pin it? It's like, I want to go with the spirit, but then procedurally it's like, hey, well, was it noticed this and this? But I know, my guts tell me, and the videos tell me something wasn't right with this meeting. And I, I wish I could say it better or maybe commissioners help if you're leaning that direction. But if you're leaning towards, you know, the denied and stuff, then that's a different story. But that's where I'm sorry going with it. But I, I don't have enough to make a motion just yet. Maybe I'll think of it, hopefully, sooner than later. But how could we, you know, sustain with the cue and correct? I just don't have the verbiage right now. Through the chair, as the maker of the motion, I, I, um, you know, respect your your um, your perspective on this. I mean, that's part of the reason why we're all up here, right? To to try to <laughs> adjudicate these things. Um, and um, I will, um, you know, fair point about the the um, the intent on item B. Uh, as the maker of the motion, if the seconder was was open to that, I'd be willing to remove that and just make the findings solely, strictly based on um, compliance with the Sunshine Ordinance, that, that the uh, action taken by the council that evening, um, um, final passage of the ordinance complied with the Sunshine Ordinance based on the noticing requirements and uh, whatnot that's in detailed in the ordinance. So are you saying it you're not going to deny the complaint? No, I'm saying just amend the motion, deny the complaint, but based on the findings oh, A the rather findings. than A and B. Um, if that um, uh, helps facil facilitate additional comments, I, I will, will say, Commissioner Telios, to acknowledge your uh, comments, I, I will find it hard to, um, to vote in the affirmative for uh, sustain. Um, uh, because I, I do not, I do not see how how we find the grounds within the Sunshine Ordinance as it's as, as it's written. That's the trouble I'm having too. <laughs> to figure that out, Commissioner Miao. For me, uh, this is one where I struggle between the equity, what I feel like the equity is, and and what I feel like is a strict reading of the Sunshine Ordinance and 291.5. Um, you know, I struggle because in many ways I want to find a way to rule in favor of complainants, but I struggle to find the path for that with the strict reading of, of of the of the ordinance um and so this is where i you know sort of toggle between commissioner telos and vice chair miley um you know i feel sort of like squarely in the middle and in many ways <laughs> feel unprepared to vote um as i intellectually sort of process it like uh commissioner sullivan chair chen so 
If we voted, if, if, if one voted, let's just say hypothetically, if in a situation a, a complaint was sustained with its to cure and what? Correct. And who does that directive go to, cure and to correct? whatever board or commission or council. So that would go to city council? Yes, that would go to city council. And, and right after I succeeded in sustaining a complaint, okay. they removed they removed the component that said cure and correct could include making the the vote null and void. So they removed it from the Sunshine Ordinance. Don't thank me. Yeah. But but so and so they changed it to say that the city council, because they're the elected officials who have to, who who make all the decisions, they can hear our recommendations to cure and correct, but they are under no obligation to do anything except to accept that we sustained. Well, and, and so if we can't vote on procedure, so a directive saying complaint sustained with cure and correct to, to city council to have a meeting that's conducted according to Rosenberg's rules as posted on the website, we could say something like that. Because if I find that it wasn't conducted as to Rosenberg's rules on the website, that's now procedural, I can't do that. Or can I? We can vote on whatever motion you make, can't we? Well, I mean, but because uh, at directive of, of, is that a procedural ruling? Is that something that we can't do here? Because that's that's kind of what I see, the big picture well, here. You know, is that the, 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 the public didn't, the, their non-agendized item was that a vote went through without them understanding what vote was going through. Okay, I, I have to I, intercede here and okay. say that because I've sat through and, uh, Commissioner Tilos even more, so many complaint hearings that many times I voted according to whether or not the ordinance was violated or not, even though my heart was with the other side, so to speak. But, you know, and I have said things like, well, you know, I have to vote to um, deny the complaint, but I don't think this action passed the stink test. So then I would put everything, all my stink test problems <laughs> into the report. And because um, I sense that this group will wanna follow through on that to see how we can get the attention of council to try to fix some of these problems because the only reason why people are coming forward is because something has not passed the stink test. But we're sitting here and we're bound by the rules of the Sunshine Ordinance, which in some ways doesn't pass the stink test, right? But the city council is the one who has to change the, um, the Open Government Commission, the Sunshine Ordinance, unless people want to put something on the ballot, which, again, is a scary thing, right? To change the charter or do something like that. So, so we're kind of stuck in this twilight zone, but uh, all I can say is where my heart is is not necessarily where my uh, duty is, but my heart goes into the report that we give to council, and we can definitely put more oomph into that report to see that the city can work with us to clean up some of the things that have caused all this confusion to the community. Although this is a great civics lesson, I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just, just 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's just where I land. I mean, I, uh, in the first year that I was on the commission, the, most of the votes were three to two. And, and I was not always on the, the three side, even though I might have agreed politically with some people. That's not my job here. My job here is to say, was the, open, was the Sunshine Ordinance violated or not, yes or no? And then all the other stuff we, we, we put forward, and now I think we're really ready to really push forward all these changes that we would like to see. Because you guys aren't tired yet. <laughs> I'm used to going till midnight on these meetings, so. Pardon me? I'm used to going till midnight on these meetings, so not tired yet. <laughs> but um, to address your question, I think at the beginning, you're saying, you, you know, what happens after. So if we did do a sustained care and correct, you know, that goes out there. City Council knows it'll be on the website, but yeah, City Council could choose to do it, choose not to do it, but at least the public will know that, hey, we said you should do it. That's about it. Because as you said, null and void was taken away from us. So it does, you know, if we go that route, it does sort of say, you know, it, it's a little bit of umph, but you know, at end of the day, City Council makes that decision. Doesn't that in the spirit sort of give us what we, or what we, <laughs> what's, what, what the Sunshine Ordinance is after? I mean, if, if what, oh, well then we have, we can't do it because it's not what the ordinance says, so we can only make recommendations to them later in a report later. Well, isn't this a recommendation to them now in front and center? Commissioner? May I address Commissioner Chen? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's sort of where I'm going with this one, it's like, yeah, procedurally, there's the black and white, but then as Commissioner Miao pointed out at the very beginning, you know, the opening of the sunshine, it's like, it leaves it pretty wide open, and that's how I'm going on this, and if we want to make a decision, it's, you know, I think it is open for us. It, it, we don't have to bring the microscope so close to just follow, hey, was it noticed properly, but ha like I said, I'm, an, I'm looking at it as a normal person. Was this meeting held optimally was it confusing you know going down these check boxes and it's checking some boxes it's confusing there's a vote then there was someone abstained on the vote because you know courage of conviction wasn't there and you know it's there, a lot of things were going on here and the public was still confused so that's why I'm leaning towards the staying cure and correct and this way there will be true finality to what you know to whatever happens with this. Like I said, I, you know, we don't have vested interest in which way this vote goes, but I'm just going on it. People were confused. Sunshine Ordinance is saying, let's open everything up so the public knows what's going on, and clearly the public was confused. We, we do have two, two ways of getting our point across. As uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie has said, in her findings, that she's gonna take from what we're saying, she will include these things that we felt did not pass muster procedurally of which we may not have any say over. And I, all I can say from experience is that the city council uh, and the staff here that support this commission have all worked very hard to make the changes we're rec we've been recommending. Mm. Uh, city Council maybe not as hard as we'd like, you know. But in terms of administrative things, like we 
upgraded and uh, fixed our bylaws because we didn't need the city council's approval. We completely changed the uh, complaint process so people knew, uh, had a better way to file a complaint. So we've made all these changes to make it more accessible. Um, so I'm just not sure we can justify sustaining the complaint on the grounds of the Sunshine Ordinance. So the one thing that I would say in response to Commissioner Telos is, uh, and maybe to Commissioner Sullivan is, I think the confusion bar is too low. I, I, I don't think that the Sunshine Ordinance is intended to ensure no confusion. I think the goal of the Sunshine Ordinance is to ensure access, uh, opportunity to participate, and uh, you know, ability to access public records. So it's sort of like access to information, ability to participate, ability to access public records as a goal of the Sunshine Ordinance. I, I, I think that if we were to rule in favor of any complainant who represented confusion, it would result in many, many uh, sustained uh, complaints. Here, and again, you know, I do struggle because to Chair Chen's point, you know, I, I would like to find a way to rule for complainants. I just don't see where in the ordinance that violation is. And so, it, you know, in many ways, if what we're saying is, and I'm not sure if this is what we're saying, but if we're saying that we can't rule on procedures, then I do wonder if the option here is jurisdictional. If it's not within our purview to govern the city um, and its procedural aspects. Now, on the other side of that, of course, the whole Open Government Commission is, is, is procedural. I mean, that's literally all that we're talking about here. Um, but, but that is another option. It's the fifth option that Chair Chen mentioned, which is, is there just a jurisdictional defect here uh, in which we can't, can't or don't uh, feel enabled to reach the question? Oh, thanks. That's a good point. Confusion should not be the bar, and that's why you know I stated earlier on. It's like I'm trying to find some teeth to put into the motion. I just can't. I'm not there yet. So that's why I'm you know, trying to, you know, get there, and maybe more discussion gets us there. Only thing I could think of so far is like you know, the incorrect usage of motion to reconsider, because that was brought up many a times, and in, in all our readings we had it too. It's like well. The only person who could bring that up is someone in the majority. And well, clearly, no one was in the majority. It was a 2-2. So I think that added to the confusion. You had council members, city staff saying, oh, this should be a motion to reconsider. And no, it's not. You didn't need it. So there's, if we were voting on procedural stuff, we could sort of go that direction. A little bit of a stretch. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, I'm trying to find what can get us there. But it's not there yet. But I don't have enough to get me with Commissioner Miley to say denied either. And I think that's, but I think, and you know, Commissioner Miao said he's sort of in the middle. So I think hopefully our brains can get together to take us one direction. Okay, well, you've, you've already said the solution. If we chose complaint dismissed on jurisdictional or procedural grounds, it's almost like a no fault dismissal in the sense that we, 
we agree that something funky happened, I mean, that's the scientific word for it, at the city council meeting, we can't rule on it. Because the things that went wrong were procedural or, or jurisdiction. Well, the jurisdiction is that we have no jurisdiction over what happened. So uh, procedurally, as the maker of the motion through the chair, um, if there were uh, an alternative motion that a commissioner was looking to make, I'd, I'd be willing to withdraw my motion from the floor um, if you know, procedurally that's what, what we needed to do. Or someone could actually make a new motion, right? Because we didn't vote on the, yeah. on the first one. Yeah, I don't, we never voted. Yeah, I, I don't sort of throw that out as a potential motion in some ways because I'm not sure if I'm willing to concede that we don't have sort of view of the procedures. I, I just suggest that there's, there's actually three options for us, right? Sort of deny, um, find in favor of, and then sort of punt, um, which is what that, that last option is. What, can, uh, Vice Chair Miley, can you repeat the motion that's on the floor? Yeah. So, um, and Madam Chair, please, please correct me. Um, uh, it was to deny the complaint um, based on the finding A, um, that the city council's final passage of the ordinance complied with the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, I, based on Commissioner Sullivan's uh, comments early on, I made the amendment to remove uh, item B from that motion, and I believe Chair Chen, um, as the seconder, agreed with that. I wonder if the maker of the motion would be willing to consider narrowing that and stating it in the, the converse, which is that um, denied with a finding that there was not a violation of 2-91.5, so not the entire ordinance, which I think then gets to spirit and intent and other things that people might want to read into it but a, a more narrow uh, version of that. Um, and again, not that, it, that they complied with, but that we didn't find a violation of. Uh, I'm open to that friendly amendment. That's very loyally of you. I'll second that. So, so I guess if it's allowed before we take a vote, to Commissioner Telos's point in the beginning of this, which was the hope to reach consensus and, and unanimity. Um, is there any discussion from Commissioner Telos or Commissioner Sullivan? I'm, I'm not there yet. You got me a step closer by narrowing the focus, like not so laser focus, but is that our job as commissioners here? Yes, black and white yes, no, but you know, I'm still stuck on the spirit of it that, yeah, I wouldn't be unanimous on, I'd be a no vote to that at this point, but like I said, you're getting me closer. So Commissioner Telos, if, uh, what kind of findings would you like to see? <clears throat> 
I'd like to be able to say sustain, cure, and correct due to procedural mishaps or motions to reconsider, something in a state of there's confusion in it, there's no finality or known finality of the vote. As like Rosenberg said, there's like there should be finality, but clearly the public didn't have that sense after the meeting. So that's where I'm still sort of stuck on is that this wasn't done correctly. So, Commissioner, um, or, I'm sorry, Chair Chen, would it, see, I'm still hung up on the, um, if the procedures don't make sense, and it's not just a confusion bar, if they don't make sense to alert a common person to what's going on, then not, there's no light on anything. So you know, a sustained complaint with opportunity to cure and correct. Um, procedures posted on, on or the use and uh, implementation of Rosenberg Rosenberg's rules, rules um, with clear articulation of city councils, uh, as the clerk pointed out, has a different um, operating rule of three to two as opposed to, um, I think it was, the, the majority was different as opposed to what Rosenberg rules were, um, were at. That to me uh, would, would be a, to me it's a clear violation of, of the Sunshine Ordinance just because it's not black to white and white to black. It says to me that if anybody doesn't understand what's happening, and confusion is not a, a, a low bar um, I mean, it's a very high bar. It actually, it, it, people actually fail the bar because they, they get confused. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a joke. Um, it's, it, I, that's, that's the violation of the Sunshine Ordinance that I see, is that the procedures that, that were in place such obfuscated the common, um, the, the, the citizens of Alameda to not understand what was taking place before them. That to me is, is it's, it almost, it's, it's, it rises, to me it's a little more than negligent. But understandable, I understand the sausage analogy, I get it, I've been there. But um, in, this, in this, with our forum, you know, there's no opportunity to appeal, there's no enforcement of what we say. Uh, it's just kind of like, hey, this is what we do. So this is their last stop. I mean, even if we rule one certain way, it doesn't mean they can't bring a complaint or maybe it does mean they can't bring a complaint. Um, I'm not sure about that. That's another issue um, I have. I can talk about that later. But um, to me, it, to, to me, anything that that chills somebody's rights to understand or implement uh, what's happening is 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 a violation. But that might be too liberal. Uh, just a quick response on that. It's certainly not their last stop. In fact, this is not a necessary stop to what many can do, which is to bring a suit in court in violation of the Brown Act. So, um, you know, we're sort of uh, not necessary procedural step for complainants to pursue their claims. 
not that that needs to, to, to sort of sway your view, but it, it's not. I guess my question to you, Commissioner, would be, but where in the ordinance? I, I mean, I sort of know, uh, you know, you said it, because just because it's not there in black and white, but it's sort of, that's, then I guess I, where I'd, what I'd ask is where is it, where is it, right? Um, like help, help bring me along on that um, so that I can, you know, if what you're thinking is more aligned with Commissioner Telos, like bring me along with that line of thinking what? of what, vi where is the violation? And I think you're getting there because you stated the Rosenbergs and how that sort of wasn't followed. If you could get us to a motion that incorporates that, I think that'd be more concrete and would get possibly get our votes. And you know, clearly with the current motion that's out there, that's an easy one to come to agreement with, but it's so narrow focused and it's like, what's the whole point of this commission if we're just gonna go that narrow? So I, if you could take us along your path a little bit more, Commissioner Sullivan, I think we could get there. You know, just give us a couple more versage lines, you know, Rosen, you, you know, putting Rosenberg in there, motion to reconsider was improperly used. A couple more of those, I think we could get there. Well, wait, the, wait, wait. Um, is, the, is the council required to follow Rosenberg rules? They, they adopted them with amendments and they can override it all the time. Um, so it's, you know, and the, the, of course the suggestion of Rosenberg's rules came from the Open Government Commission because the council asked for help in looking at how to better operate their meetings and that's when they implemented the time change, you know, timing themselves to be more disciplined to not have such long meetings. And it was to pick up the pace of the meetings. Pick up the pace and to give them some guideposts to follow. Framework. Yes. Yeah. The framework. But it, in no way do they say, I this swear on a Bible or whatever, Correct. that they need to follow Rosenberg rules. Because obviously, I haven't seen any, <laughs> any governing body f follow any rules consistently all the time. I mean, I, I'm just saying in the real world, Agreed. It was like I'm. I mean, they should follow them, but they don't. And it, is it, you know. In the real world, the Cardinals. <laughs> 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 yeah. Commissioner Teos. Yeah. Well, from my experience on Park Commission, we tried to follow Rosenberg, but it was a framework. But things happen, like you said, sausage making happens. We don't always go to the chair to ask permission to talk. Dialogues happen, but sometimes that's a good thing. So, sure. yeah. I can't reach over and slap you again. Well, that's why we Just have kidding. this. Yeah. <laughs> that's why these are here. Yeah, that's <laughs> not Chair Chen, I, I guess I could I, offer that, to that say was that. Off, off the record. I guess I could offer to say that um, complaints sustained with, with opportunity to amend and cure for failure of the city uh, council 
to reach its decisions in full view of the public because it did not follow Rosenberg's rules in an articulate or in, an, in a fashion of which its citizenry could follow. But that's not what the complaint complained about. Well, it's actually exactly what they complained about. They complained that the, that the posted procedures, which are online, that what was heard at this agenda was voted on in a way and fashion that they didn't understand. I don't read it so, so narrowly that it says, it didn't talk about A, B, and C, it only talked about A and B. I read it, I read their complaint as saying that the reason why it, what was it, uh, 291.5, the reason why that violation is there is because what was ruled on was not what was ruled on because it was ruled on in a fashion, in a method that was not posted. or followed what was posted. If we bring the language wait, down. Wait, 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 uh, Vice Chair. Uh, I, you know, oh, Commissioner okay. Timos. Oh, Commissioner uh, I was gonna say, I was going down your language there, but maybe instead of not followed, but inconsistent usage of Rosenberg's, I think that opens it up a little bit more because it just wasn't used correctly. I think they tried to use it, and that's why they had a couple backdoor conversations, like, well, did we need to? Motion reconsider, do we not need it? So they were trying, but then it wasn't there. But maybe that would be more open to get us to where we want to be with this vote. You know, uh, through the chair, um, uh, I, you know, I, I'll just say I, I know you're trying to get us to a place we do need to reach a decision. Um, you know, I, I think reasonable people are going to disagree um, at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I, I think that I, I can appreciate not wanting to narrow the scope of the Sunshine Ordinance and, and look at its broader spirit. But, but I, I think that we're in positions of having to call balls and strikes, right? And uh, you know, that means that at some point, we have to define what that strike zone is. And in this case, I, I just, to Commissioner Mayo's point, I, I, I can't find in the Sunshine Ordinance where we would base our findings to sustain the complaint. Um, and and that, that's kind of where I fall. Um, and that's why I, I think I, I really do appreciate the, the recommendation and it's been accepted to, to narrow the um, denial in, in such a way that leaves us um, plenty of room to have a conversation about um, where we see these failings procedurally at the council to include in our annual report. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I as a commissioner can't see voting um, and opening the door to sustaining um, a, 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 and, and um, complaints that aren't based on the facts within the Sunshine Ordinance. That, that's just a, a bridge I can't, I can't bring myself to cross. I would agree with all your findings, but I would not sustain the complaint. I mean, everything you're saying is true, but I, ca I can't see us sustaining the complaint 
and justifying it. But we can list all the problems we found in, in what happened at that city council meeting. Right, and, and, and just to you know, add on to that, you know, where I go to is the complaint itself. The complaint alleges on the cover page a violation of 2-91.5, you know, page, the last, the last page of the opening brief is 291.5. 291.5 is about agendas and regular meetings and descriptions. Rosenberg rules procedure is just not found in there. It, I would have a, I would have a, well, not only would I have a hard time, I, I just can't get there um, to find in what complainants have alleged the violation uh, being uh, specifically um, to now expand that into something else. I agree with Chair Chen that, to Commissioner Tilos, if I was writing this decision, the findings would be much in line with what you're saying, but the decision would be a denial. I think that our, our decisions nowadays are very robust so that even if we deny a complaint, it's always this, but we found all these things that need to be addressed. And then we, we will uh, emphasize these things once again in the annual report. And this time we will kind of, uh, we'll figure out a way to get a response you know, two-way conversation on that. Because in the past, we, we know they got the report, but, you know, it, it didn't rise to the top of their uh, agenda, so to speak. So here, I guess, question for the chair would be, I think that there's a motion on the floor right. that it's been seconded. You know, is it, is it time to is it call for a vote? Is it vote? a call for a vote? So just out of, um, uh, just before the question's called, I can just take the liberty, uh, Madam Chair, just to thank the complainants, um, because I, I think that this is part of the ongoing act of participation in local governance. I think to, to the Chair's point, um, and Mr. Tilios's and, and Sullivan's, and well, at the, I think the discussion is that we, you know, see where there are some issues that you've identified, and I look forward to us being able to discuss those uh, as recommendations uh, to uh, the council at a future meeting. Um, so just wanted to thank the complainants for their time this evening. So when we make... Wait, uh, the, Madam uh, Clerk has something to say. I just wanted to, with apologies and causing confusion, I get in a meeting because I am not a perfect human being. Um, I just found that the counting votes exception is not just in the charter. It was also when the council adopted Rosenberg's rules that they found that the vote count on a motion were determined by the majority of the membership unless a greater threshold is required by law. A supermajority is two-thirds of the city council four members. So that is actually written into the exceptions of Rosenberg's rules. And I'm sorry, I just pointed to the charter and did not also point to that. And I apologize yet again. I apologize that confusion was caused at that meeting. It, you know, is not what we want. It's not the way we want to do business, but I did want to point that out for the commission and the record. I, I have learned that perfection means they take you to the next level of difficulty. <laughs> so I always make little mistakes. But thank you for that apology. 
and uh, thank you for finding that citation. So, call for the vote. So, on the tape, on the, can you repeat your? The, 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 the motion on the floor, and uh, I'm gonna look for an assist here, um, if, I, if I don't get it correct, is to um, deny um, the complaint uh, based on the, um, based on the narrow fact that the, um, we cannot find the findings um, within section 2.9.1.5 uh, um, that the uh, Sunshine Ordinance was violated. Yeah, uh, I guess I would say, uh, you know, my motion would be something akin to a uh, motion to deny based on a failure to find a violation of 2-91.5. More succinct, thank you. Accepted. Fewer words, cheaper. Okay, I'll, I'll you agree uh, to that and I'll it. second that. Uh, call for a vote. You wanna do a roll call vote? Yeah. Okay, um, commissioners uh, Bailey. Aye. Mayo? Aye. Sullivan? No. Telos? No. That motion carries three to two. You didn't call my vote. What's that? I didn't, I didn't say aye. <laughs> oh, Commissioner, oh, Chair Chen. Yes, aye. <laughs> oh my goodness, see? Did you say aye? I did. Okay, so it does carry three to two, thank you. All right, I, again, I just wanna thank you for bringing these things up because things do change, but they change very slowly. But you know, whenever we hear these complaints, again, we've always found uh, validity in what people are complaining about. We're just hamstrung by the limitations of our powers, so to speak, and we want to follow the law, right? But that doesn't stop the community from looking at how we can change and improve this law, and it doesn't change how, in, in practice, and uh, Commissioner Telos can concur, you know, since we've both been on this commission together, we've seen a lot of positive changes happen because of the people coming forward with the complaints. And most of those changes came from people whose complaints we did not sustain because we couldn't, but we went around and tried to fix things in another way. And clearly the need for uh, uh, all of us to be more succinct in our speech and precise is uh, emphasize uh, none more than, none Except greater tonight. than this, right? And I, I'd like to uh, um, thank you. I really do appreciate hearing from you, coming forward, you know, taking that step to say, hey, you guys, you know, help us. And we're trying to help you as much as we can within the limitations of our powers because Zeus has not bestowed us with <laughs> with the, uh, the lightning rod. But we, we want change, we want to see positive change, and we wanna keep hearing from people because that's how we know what's going wrong. So thank you very much. Uh, all right, we still have regular agenda items here. Do we wanna take a break? Minutes, is it just minutes? Yeah. I mean, not, well, not if we can finish it. now. Let's just, yeah, let's Okay, let's, let's go finish. through it now. Okay, the, um, Regular agenda items. Does it say minutes? Right. right. The title of the minutes 
Do I have to read the title? It's the minutes of the April 3rd, 2023 oh, meeting. All right. Mm -hmm. Are there any speakers? There are none. All right. Uh, is there a motion or discussion on the minutes? Move approval. Do you, do you remember you all? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, voice vote. All those agree? Aye. 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 Okay. Thank you. Is there any staff uh, updates? Yes. So the part of the um, complaint procedure is that when um, complaints are filed and not heard by the commission at the next meeting, we report out on those complaints. Um, two complaints have been filed that were not scheduled for a hearing before the commission. The first was filed on May 4th, 2023. It was about the rent capital improvement program, but did not allege a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. The complainant attended the May 11th, 2023 city council meeting. Uh, I just went over to him and discussed the complaint and he agreed the complaint did not fall under the Sunshine Ordinance and indicated he would pursue other options under rent control law. Um, a second complaint was filed on June 26, 2023, about the May 8th, 2023 planning board meeting. Since it was filed more than 15 days after the meeting, it was time barred. The complainant just submitted a new complaint today, which is, alleges a violation of records instead of the meeting, and um, staff will be reviewing the complaint and following up and then potentially scheduling a hearing. Okay, thank you. Do we have, let's see, this says com commission communications, but uh, is that? That's any, if you have anything to report oh, out on. if you have on. anything to report out, yeah, like yeah. Any, any fairs and festivals you went to? <laughs> anything. It was my first 4th of July parade. Did you see me? It was fantastic. <laughs> did you see me? I did. Oh, well, that's. Did you see me? <laughs> <laughs> Say yes, you won't know. <laughs> There was a complaint by residents that there weren't enough horses or bands. Pardon me? Yeah, there were 40 no-shows. <laughs> but it was a typical July 4th Alameda parade and it was more crowded than I, I remember, especially since I was in the car. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. It was the first one I'd ever seen. Well, thank you. I mean, I had nothing to do with the parade, but thank you on behalf of Alameda residents because a lot of people worked very hard on that parade. Uh, any other communications? Uh, may, may, may I just ask procedurally, where do, where do we go from here? It sounds like we're gonna see a draft decision or draft. Yes, I, I will prepare a draft and circulate it to all of you with a reminder to not re hit reply all, get in touch with me if you have proposed revisions and then I'll, re I'll circulate another version. And then ultimately get signed via DocuSign. And, and By she, the chair. And, and she will listen to all, all these, of you. this meeting again to put down our findings, is that correct? You, you torture yourself and yep. re-listen to this meeting? Yes. I see. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have spoke so much if I knew you had to do that. <laughs> I will take back that I do not torture myself. I just review it. It's totally fine. Thank you for your help. Okay, are there any speakers for non, is that right, non-agenda public comment? There are none. There are none. Okay, thank you. Well, in that case, I'm just going to adjourn this meeting. Can we also thank the city attorney for oh, her yes. presence? Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Madam City Clerk. Thank, thank you. you, Clerk.
How do you say your last name? Weisiger. Weisiger. Mm -hmm. I won't forget that. <laughs> See, we get away with Madam City Clerk. It's, 